I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. Today we are talking about Cattell Kilavere's Heal the Living. But before that, I need to introduce the other person in the room. And that person is Helen. Hello, Helen. Hello, Harry. How are you today? I'm really good. How You're are really you? good. Yeah. <laughs> good. 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 So, uh, coming up, we have an interview with the director that Helen did herself. We're going to do a review of the film and then we're going to do Curzon Home Cinema Recommends. So let's crack straight on with the pitch. So the, f- the film is entitled Heal the Living. That is correct. Pitch for a film entitled Heal the Dead, where you take a character who died in another film and follow them into the afterlife. Helen, if you'd like to go first. Okay, I realise that I am probably about to spoil a film if you haven't seen it, so I'm going to do, because obviously I need to say that someone dies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Place Beyond the Pines, just, I mean, it's quite old now, just sort of don't listen for a bit. In that film, (laughs) a character called Luke, who is played by Ryan Gosling... Now, I was disappointed by this mm. because Ryan is all up over all the posters and everything, but he dies quite early on. And the whole film, I was thinking, oh, he's going to come back as a ghost. He's going to come back as a ghost. <laughs> because you I was... You watched Place Beyond the Pines and was convinced that Ryan Gosling <laughs> would come back as a ghost. Because I was so convinced that he must be in it more than he was. Yeah. Because he's not in it very much. So they never put people on the poster and then kill them. Well, I, I just got fooled again. Fool me me once. (laughs) Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on me again. So That's that saying, right? That's the one. I um, think that... So in that film, Luke is a motorcycle stuntman. Much like yourself. Much like me. That's why I connected with him so much and missed him throughout the whole film. Um, And I I would like to see him... try and get back into film as a ghost so he starts to appear in other films so we've got Luke the motorcyclist stuntman in Up (laughs) as a cartoon or as a it's, who knows? Because he's <laughs> he's going through the afterlife, isn't he? Oh, so we don't. But then he this changes the plot of every film. Ah, okay. So he's in Up. So the old man from Up doesn't end like he does. He falls in love with Luke, the motorcyclist stuntman. Luke. That's a big twist on Up. Yeah, I know, but that's that's what would happen if Luke, the motorcyclist stuntman, went into that film, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm glad you've given him his full name. <laughs> that is his full name, yeah. Any other films he's going to be in? He's going to be in loads of films, Go on Harry. Then. We cut up. Luke, the most likes like in Moulin Rouge. What ruining the love interest again? Is that all Maybe. he does? That seems like that seems Sometimes like. Sometimes he might just run someone over. How about he's in with Nicholas Cage, Ghost Rider? Yeah. Ghost Riders. Ghost Riders. Anna Melissa. <laughs> again. Is he going to be like a clay statue model type thing? Or I is think he he'd go- be a puppet. He'd be, he'd be a puppet. Light between the oceans. Pop in the lighthouse. <laughs> he's just in the a lighthouse. New, a new um, 
you know, jazz that film up a bit. Is he the new Stan Lee? He is, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's the new Stan Lee, but no one wants him. But, in the end, because we're following... This is a film in itself, remember? Don't get confused. The film yeah, it's is diff- it's a film to not get confused. about him ruining other films. Right, okay. right, In the end, he goes in the butterfly effect. Oh, okay. So that the butterfly effect film changes so much that the butterfly effect can't even be a film, like a reference that you say, oh, it's like the butterfly effect. Because it changes like the butterfly effect. So what happens at the end of Butterfly Effect? Not the not, thing with the notebook. The... Not all that. It's not... It's <laughs> not all every film, it's mate. No... Well, I just said the thing with the notebook. Just... It's fine. The thing with the notebook? Come on. That's all right. Yeah. So that is no longer a film about things changing. It's just a film about Luke the Motorcyclist Stuntman. What Do you about, see what I mean? What about if you hung out with Bruce Willis? Would Bruce Willis he be able to? Would Bruce Willis be able to to see him? Yeah. He and would. Wh- why would Bruce Willis be able to see him? Because he's, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your pitch? My I pitch. I honestly, I think that pitch took ten minutes. <laughs> it took six minutes. Okay. Go. It was a six-minute pitch. It's strong though. Okay. This might be a spoiler if you haven't read the internationally acclaimed books or seen the one of the highest-grossing film franchises of all time. Fast no. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. He's not dead. But Snape is dead. Oh, this right. is strong. So we've had the play is just after the books, okay? Mm-hmm. So the play's just after the book. The actual films, we've had them, they're present day or whatever. <laughs> we've had Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They're in the past. Sideline, yeah, past. Right. Yeah. You know where we the only way to go is down. What's going on in Wizard slash Witch, Heaven and Hell, if they've got one? Wow. What sort of spooky <sighs> stuff is going on? And, you know, you could chuck in all that the... Would be great. Everyone that sort of died in the series. Dumbles. Bring back to... Dumbles is there? He's got to be there. I imagine as some sort of godlike figure. Who else died? Um, one of them twins? One of them twins. Can't I think it's Fred, isn't one. it? Oh, remember. no. I'm going to get in trouble if yeah. that's wrong, aren't I? Probably. can't even remember the other one's name. George. George, come on. It's George. I think, actually, it's George. Is it George? I think it's George. Oh, no. Well, one of them are there. Are so what it? does go on? Is there purgatory? <clears throat> I, I think Snape's in purgatory, because even whoever decides where you go, even they are confused whether he's a goodie or a baddie, because he's <laughs> such a good actor. And and I think it's those moments where you're drawn back. So you know you know Dumbledore's sort of drawn back at points and no, sort of I gives advice. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how they're in paintings but they're said to be just memories of the yeah. person. They're not, that's actually them. That's actually them. I've and always thought they, that was what actually they, them. What they have to do is give advice. And if they give good enough advice and then come back. That's brilliant. And so for a long time, Snape's just waiting for a painting of him to be made. And then eventually it's made, and then he has to help a, a small child. Who does that child end up being? The great-great-grandson of Harry Potter. <gasps> and I've got a name. It's going to be a trilogy. Uh, Harry Potter and the Fellowship of the Snape. Harry Potter and the Siamese Towers. The Siamese Towers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're connected. Uh, <laughs> And Harry Potter, Return of the Snape. <laughs> They're original names for <laughs> unique films. You get the point. Do I get the point? Yes. yes. How many points have you got now? Two? <laughs> two in about six months. I've got two and a half. Have you? Yeah. Is, is anyone keeping score? Me. You're keeping score. And I'm the Who's winner. winning? Are you Me. winning? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> right, should we um, start talking about this film? Yes. Because it's fantastic. It is really good. Uh, Heal the Living. Um, let's start with my interview with Catal Kilavere. So hello, I am here with Catal Kilavere and um, I'm going to ask her some questions about Heal the Living. So you beautifully juxtapose um, intense close-up shots with ones that have taken a step back, uh, which allow the characters to breathe in their own right. Um, I just wondered how much that decision was based on the novel's theme of exploring the space between life and death. Des besoins du spectateur, I wouldn't say it comes directly from the novel, um, 
I think it's more sort of reflection, reflecting on 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 the theme. And I've tried to um, conceive this film, taking into account um, the spectators' reaction to it. Um, parce que c'est une histoire qui est très chargée en, en As a result, because, um, because to put these moments to take a breath, to catch a breath, already at the writing stage, mm -hmm. whether it's with, with emotions or with the visual, but I deliberately started with that from mm -hmm. the beginning. Par exemple, uh, la première respiration. So for example, one of those first breath, when you catch your breath, um, scene is after the accident, when you see this man carrying a child asleep in his arm, and you, you leave the, the actual main thread of narration to follow this man, and you don't know why, it gives you a sort of distance, even though there will be, he will rejoin the main narrative thread, and you will understand his, the, the reason of his presence afterwards. And the moment we have access to his visage in the plan, And the first time we get a close-up of this man, in particular, is at the end of this phrase, this kind of sentence, this musical phrase, where we see him when he sees the the um, the X-ray and he realizes that mm -hmm. the brain is hemorrhaged and he is going to he's he's now facing the fact that he's going to tell mm -hmm. this family mm -hmm. that um, the son has died. C'est vrai que la, la, la relation And it is it, it's true it's interesting this is the relationship you have with a close up because it's a it's a sort of seductive relationship you have with your with with your audience with the spectator because you always have to choose carefully when you decide to give them that. Pour 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 le Simon par exemple c'est tout de suite for Simon in the case of the young boy or the, the teenager that's immediately you have a close up of his face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, just uh, you mentioned it was a, a highly charged subject uh, matter. I just wondered um, how much you knew uh, about the uh, organ donation going into the film, and how much research you had to do. Um, you go through a lot of the kind of protocols and procedures that I wasn't fully aware of. Well, it's a subject matter I had no, I, I wasn't sensitive to at all. I, it really happened from the moment that I chose to adapt this book. So I had spent a long time in, in a medical environment, mm. in the hospital environment, to learn, to watch. And in fact, the, the, the whole process of making this film and telling the story um, has, has carried on through right to the end of the editing process. The fact that you, you understand from a medical, scientific, physical point of view and emotional point of view what happens, the whole process of um, organ donation and transplant, mm -hmm. and really that the, they were with us, the professionals, all through until the editing to, to keep us mm. on the right track. It's so well done. It's like all, and it's kind of educational as well to see, and you really get a feel for how difficult it is for everyone, um, the families and the medical staff mm. as well, uh, especially when you've got that time limit on it. It just makes it thank you so much more difficult. Um, talking about the the hospital staff, I felt like there was a really good mix of the kind of clinical nature of organ donation. Um, in some ways it's kind of like on a very clinical time it's like a transaction that you have to do within a certain amount of time um and there's a moment where the doctor high fives when he finds um that that it's go you know for the donation um but then there's it's juxtaposed with such a gentleness of touch um especially in the operating room like really heartbreaking scenes um did you get that at all from the doctors or any sense of how they have to grapple with those two things uh yes, ce qui est assez passionnant c'est que dans ce métier fascinating to, to watch and to to be to be yeah to, to to notice in the work is that they have to find this this balance of how they react to the families and they have to be Um, they have to have empathy, but they can't go fully compassionate. They can't feel, get compassion otherwise in terms of the relationship, mm -hmm. the, the nature of the relationship they have with the patient or the, of either side. Donc ils passent leur temps en fait. So there's this constant um, situation where they're there with the pain of the people and 
who are experiencing this and then they have to try and to protect themselves they're, they're forever stepping out and that's when they they go they they go they do mm. silly things they're mm. just kind of for, mm-hmm. for, for to lighten up mm-hmm. to remain sane really mm. so this is what I try to do in my film and to transcribe all this this complexity of feelings and that scene where they do the high five did upset some people um, but it is something there's a necessity to to it that they have mm. to um, do that to step out of it mm. to be able to face because they're, they're, they're confronted with death all the time mm. absolutely mm. yeah it's uh, yeah I, th- uh, I have like a relative amount of experience of being a patient in hospitals and things so I'm I'm re- like the way you presented it I just thought it was so good and um, the yeah that kind of um, there's a great book called When Breath Becomes Air I don't know if you've read it When Breath Becomes Air yeah. um, livre, donc, la... oh it's yeah. so good I really yeah. recommend it and did you have uh, kind of conversations with the actors about all of this was that kind of key to it or did you more take the approach that um, you know, they would do their own research and bring to it what what they can. I just wondered if there was any kind of discussion about it or any experience they had with hospitals. And Donc au niveau des comédiens, well, I actually initially made sure that every every character, so every actor who played a character involved in the medical profession, um, went to hospital, mm-hmm. and they, I partnered them, so they had to partner, so they met the equivalent of their job in real life. And then they f- they actually went through a training for quite a long mm. time to to be fully charged with what it all meant from a medical point of view, but also emotionally. Yeah. And in the case of the three actors who, in terms of surgeons who actually play surgeons, they they were present. They 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 watched um, uh, a transplant, wow. or more than one mm. transplant. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. There's a moment where one character warns another of um, no powerful emotions. I just wondered, in your opinion, how important was that line in terms of the way you told the story? Because it. For me, it's a phrase metaphoric par rapport à la. The metaphor of, of, of the, talking about the heart and the metaphor of love and knowing that that's the organ that represents love, knowing that you're sick, are you still allowed to experience mm-hmm. these emotions. Le sentiment qui fait accélérer notre cœur, auquel on pense en premier, c'est le sentiment amoureux. And the, 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 the feeling that you have that makes your heart beat faster, the first thing you think of is when you're in love. Et je pense que So if this woman chooses to confront this and to face this potential love story mm-hmm. is, is to see if, to question her, she's questioning herself to see if she's still if she needs this new heart, if she's still capable, if she still wants to have a new adventure. Because if you accept, if you, you allow yourself to, to live a love story, you also allow yourself pain. You are going to have suffering as well as pleasure. There's a really beautiful um, scene where you mirror the parents of Simon um, nestle up against his uh, body in hospital with um, the two sons nursing against their mother while watching E.T. It was so, so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I kind of, I just wondered where you, because the film has so much love in it, and but it was so wonderful as well to explore the love between teenagers or adult children and their parents, because I feel like that's not really shown very often, and was that something that you were really keen to show? Oui, uh, c'est vraiment un film well, beyond the, the idea of organ donation, giving an organ, there's the idea of giving love, and the link between, that, that links everybody, and I'm sort of obsessed with this idea in a much wider sense on a different scale it can be the love of it within a family or within different relationships whether it's a mother and son um, or beyond or between two women mm-hmm. or, or yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. simon has a very deep connection to the sea 
Um, and there's two kind of questions on that. One, if you just uh, to talk about that decision to show his final moments, um, it transforms into the sea and like a wave crashing over him. Um, I thought that was really well done. And obviously, uh, car crashes are shown a lot, and that was kind of. And then to follow that thread through, um, I didn't. If you could talk a little bit about that. Cause mm-hmm. um, alors, je me suis posé pas mal de questions par rapport à so ça. It, it was a big question for me that I thought about it a lot because mm-hmm. how to how to show we know how to show a scene that is the death is expected mm-hmm. the audience mm-hmm. knows so there is this expectation and how to show it there's so many car crashes accidents mm-hmm. that that are shown on screen mm-hmm. et donc il s'agissait pas <coughs> so the idea was not to avoid it entirely to have it happen off screen or indeed to show it in a kind of spectacular mm-hmm. graphic way mm-hmm. you had to find a sort of middle Hmm. Middle lane, really. Et c'est vraiment dans le processus de l'écriture que, que so cette idée what, what, nous est... what happened really was through as we wrote, it came to us. Really, it was through the process of writing that we decided we had to stay with them, with them in the car, not to show them dying outside. Mm-hmm. We had to be with what they are feeling at the moment and mm-hmm. ins- be inspired by what they're feeling. Et c'est tout simplement cette idée que ils ont surfé, qu'ils sont fatigués. Their sensations and their sort of body is physically tired they're back in the in the van with the heating on so they're kind of feeling sleepy and following them in their sort of dreamlike state where they the sensations of the wave and where they've been is really to accompany them in that comme quand on sort d'un bateau et qu'on continue à tanguer en marchant c'était ça same idea as when you you get off a boat and you you you're on on land but you still feel that that rocking sensation that yeah. Sometimes the recipients of a of an organ can get uh, it's called like survivor's guilt, like, like they feel bad um, because someone has died, and and sure. it's obviously a very complicated emotion to go through. But uh, like I just found that in so many scenes, if it's from the very beginning when um, Simon's skating, um, cycling down the road, and uh, to the very end, which is a very optimistic end, there is so much life and love in your film. And I didn't know if that was kind of a bold statement against that idea of feeling guilty um, at all. Sure. Oui, ça prolonge la question. So absolutely, it's really to to follow on from the idea of the the, the giving, the idea of donation and giving, and it's how you transform um, something as terrible as the outrage of death, and the idea of resilience, and you stay on the side of the living. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you um, so it's much. It's been such a pleasure to meet you. For me and, too. Um, it, yeah, your film is, is very beautiful and uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for all your compliments. Yes. She's so lovely. Is Isn't she? she lovely? She seems lovely. Isn't she? No, you don't need to sing. <laughs> Which I've told you about singing. You don't need to sing about every person you interview. That's why I went wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sing to her after? <laughs> oh, you love <laughs> And you want <laughs> so so that's the that's the third film she's directed as far as I'm aware yeah. but she, she's she's um she writes screenplays as well and does, and does mm. other bits and pieces uh so just to so this film's sort of in three parts are we are we agreeing with that I agree agreeing with that so there's the first part of Heal the Living is there's there's an accident and uh, and then it's sort of about family grieving. Uh, then there's uh, the second part, I guess, is a mother with heart problems and sort of seeing her sons and seeing uh, a lover as well and that, and that sort of developing. And then there's uh, sort of the last bit which looks at sort of organ donation and the surgeons around that and they're all sort of inter they're all interlinked. At, at, at sort of the end, what do you think it adds by having all these separate parts and bringing them together? Because it's not as it's not as dramatic as something like Moonlight. It doesn't it doesn't seem to hike up the drama if, through each one. It seems yeah, and it doesn't as obviously kind of um, separate them. Mm. 
it's more three it is three st- parts but the stories have been interweaving yeah. throughout um but i think it's really effective because it shows the story of organ donation which is that you know this is what the film's about from from all the different perspectives including the perspectives of the doctors which i don't think is shown enough no. and kind of their world and it does go into a lot of detail about the actual process of organ donation and kind of things that i wasn't really aware of in terms of there seems to be like this center that then passes on the information and and this kind of the quickness of time when somebody's um, died and they're going to give an organ but then to get that organ into the next person yeah isn't it it funny that you don't think of it as a process where someone would tick a box on a computer and then agree to take it and all because they're all in this contact centre at one point and they're kind of like oh yeah that one's ready to go yeah this heart's ready we'll send you the scans over and so this is this is the sort of end yeah end final third I guess yeah um Clearly, you don't watch enough Grey's Anatomy. That's what I've been watching recently. But they don't—they don't go into the call center. They just seem to end up. There seems to be a it's heart. It's just in a box. It's just in a box. It arrives. They do some surgery that's probably impossible. Well, uh, what I wanted to mention actually is because we've seen a lot. You know, it's especially on TV. There's ER, a lot of Grey's medical... Anatomy scrubs. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You've just listed... I've just listed three. Three of them. Off the top of my head. There's loads, right? Yeah. Um, and it can't... Holby City Casualty. It can be very... Um, overdramatic yeah. and tiresome. Yeah, they normally put some dramatic music and normally there's a... In the music there's a... Doom, doom, and you're like, oh, something something serious is going on. It never does that in this film. But the thing is, it keep it has this really good storyline that has probably been in all of those ones that we yes. just listed. Yeah, yeah. But it manages to keep it really, really fresh. Yep. And that is her skill as a director and the cinematography and the storytelling that keeps it um, about the people. Yes. Yeah, throughout the whole thing, it's about the people. But even people you wouldn't expect to... Everyone seems to get a moment in this film. So there's a lovely bit in the first third where there's a nurse who, who's working at the hospital and clearly has done a really long shift. And suddenly we're, we're just given a moment where she's in an elevator. And that's, that's pretty much all we see of her. We don't see yeah. that much more of her. There's sort of one bit where she has a chat with her boss. But apart from that, and I think it's really interesting that how everyone is kind of affected by, by this one event that happens. So... This isn't a spoiler because it's right at the beginning of the film. Um, these young boys go surfing right at the beginning of the film. They sort of sneak out of their homes. With uh, a beautiful opening scene oh, of him winding his way down. Yeah, I yeah. was I, not that long ago, 
I was watching a, a surf documentary with some of my friends and it looked exactly the same as that. Like it honestly had that, like it felt like they were really, yeah, really in like sort of water that was getting wavy and there's, rather than, rather than cutting to them sort of in different positions in the water, the way it's done, it's beautiful that the camera's brought down under the water and then brought back up and then they're in slightly different positions. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was like, I was like, oh no, where are they going with this? Is someone going to get bitten by a shark or something like that? And I was, <laughs> well, I was I really that like, might oh, be the no. scene with, yeah. where you lose one of them. Yeah. And it's right at the beginning. This really yeah. isn't spoiling. And it's fascinating. So they're, they're driving back and then suddenly, I think probably for me, the most beautiful part of the film is they're driving back and the driver, you're suddenly, from the perspective of the driver, he's slightly older than the two young boys next to him. And you suddenly suddenly the road turns into water but it's it's this really slow transition and you you almost feel yourself being like wow this is this is really beautiful and then suddenly you're snapped out of it and there's mm. a crash yeah. you don't actually see the crash no. you just hear it and then suddenly you see one of the boys being rushed to hospital and and he die he dies quite quickly yeah. and then it's it's really all about the people's everyone's decision making from from the the surgeon or the the I, I wasn't quite sure what his job was the guy that one of the actors is with him and has to convince the parents to yeah organ donate because obviously he's not old enough to consent for himself and yeah uh from them to the family to then the nurse as i said the, the chief of the hospital and everyone is connected by this one by this one event yeah, I totally agree with you. And that scene in the car, I agree, is really, really beautiful. And it's that thing that she mentioned of wanting to do it from his perspective and he's hot and tired and kind yeah. of sleepy. And that was his experience of his own death, yeah. which you rarely see, yeah, yeah. as as we said before. So often it's so over-dramatised and you see the crash and the blood and the... Yeah. And it doesn't do this in this film. After that, we immediately go over to the parents. And I think quite soon we, we cut to the scene of this li little child watching Spongebob yeah. and picking up the yeah. phone. And it's just these tiny moments of their world. So for that child, it's complete ignorance and naivety yeah. about what has happened. And then straight to the mum, who obviously is suddenly in this horrendous hmm. situation and has to rush. Hmm. Um and another thing about the stories weaving together is this idea of time. Yeah. Which I think the film deals with really, really well. So grief is such a long process. Yes. But the donation has got to be such a quick one. Yeah. And it's that, like, they've they've almost literally been told their son's dead and then yeah. they're asked the question whether he's willing to donate. And they just storm out. Like, yeah. un unsurprisingly... But yeah, it's re it's really fascinating how yeah one thing, obviously grieving you should give as much time mm. as you can and you and it and it takes as long as it's gonna gonna take yeah. But with organisation, they only have a certain amount of time before the organs start decaying and start not being viable viable. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think the uneasiness of those mm. timelines coming together was dealt with really well. Yeah. And well, the it's, it's also that. It's also having the people in the hospital wanting those to be made for donation. Like, they there's a really uncomfortable, like, low five, high five type thing when the parents agree to give the organs. Because obviously they, you know, as doctors, it's their job to keep as many people alive as they can, and these and organ donations help help keep people that are you know terminally ill alive. But it's that it's that horrible difference between a, a family that have just lost a son and are still grieving compared to doctors that have to deal with this every day and know that their job is made easier or they can make another person's life better and so it's that that real contrast of what might seem like quite a cruel cruel thing to do by high-fiving about a son's death but really they're high-fiving about having this gift of his organs to be 
use to help someone else live. And they don't have the experience that we as the viewer has of being able to invest so yeah. much in yeah. everyone's tiny, you know, like those snapshots yeah. of people's, they can't do that because they would break. Yeah. Like imagine having to kind of pour yourself into every person and then snapping out of it, yeah. which is the pleasure that we get as viewing that we can do that with characters and we get these beautiful insights. But I thought it was really well done to kind of show that doctors can't do that. There was a really lovely scene of a, of a guy just watching a YouTube video of a bird and, and the bird song. That was going to be, my alternate question was going to be, if you could own one, if you could picture a film about one bird, <laughs> <laughs> who would it be? Mine was going to be Big Bird. Oh. Anyway, um, that was going to be the alternate question. But we didn't do that. Didn't do that. Um, but yeah, there is there is a sort of there's an ordinariness about this film, and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, but I mean that great. in a every. It feels like you're in some ways. It feels like you're watching a documentary, and you just happen to be following around this certain family that have got caught up in this tragic accident. So yeah, do do you think it needed more? Any more? Sort of big dramatic event. I know, obviously, the car crash is a huge event, but do you think it needed any more after that, or do you think it worked? Because it's it not. It it sort of paces itself quite slowly. It's not like a. It doesn't speed along at any rate. But I think it had to do that okay. to avoid the to avoid the strong connotations with some of these medical yes. dramas that we talked about before. And also, I don't think it needs. It because of the the storytelling and the writing is very strong, and um, there's the third character that we haven't really talked about so much, which is the older mother yes. with the failing heart. There are very there's like a really wonderful moment where she struggles to get up the stairs. Yes, and I think that's not dramatic. No, but it very um, successfully tells the story of chronic ill health. And what it feels like. Yeah, you su- you suddenly you suddenly realise the simplest task mm. is made a lot more difficult. Let Let's move on to to the middle section and mm. with with the mother because th- this this section of the film didn't go how I thought it was going to go in many ways. So she initially you see her and she's seeing her two sons. Is it her two sons to be mm. with? Yeah. yeah. She's seeing her two sons moaning. It's that classic sort of family situation. She's moaning about the look of their apartment that she's visiting. And then there, there's a beautiful moment. And this this whole sort of mundane, ordinary thing, I think, is, is epitomised in this one moment. They're watching E.T. together, and the two boys are messing about while they're watching it. But they're they're really close as a family. They're really sort of connected. And I think that sort of really quickly you see them as a family unit and you buy into their closeness and their togetherness and then you don't really need you like there's never another moment when they're all sort of together like mm. that but you don't need that because you the director very cleverly in in pretty much a minute or something has told you everything you need to know about yeah. this sort of mum and the, her two her two older sons uh and then there's a she goes to this beautiful concert where where he said about the stairs and that for me I think was my favourite moment in the whole film where Mm. she's just sat listening to this piano concert and you you can tell there's something more there yeah but you can't put your finger on why Mm -hmm. and why she's gone to this concert because she's 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 ill and like Mm. is tired and you think why has she gone to this concert and I think the really interesting thing is the contrast of this middle section to the first section is is the class of the people as well as in and by that I mean the the boy and the two parents seem like they're quite working class mm. and quite you know blue collar workers mm. while she she seems a bit more middle class mm. and is going to this piano concert and things like that and it's interesting seeing this seeing how this one event affects people of all different classes yeah. and all different sort of you know aspects of uh, of culture and reality I guess. yeah and i don't i don't want to spoil yeah. why she's at the concert yeah, yeah. but it's it's a very 
the way that that story is unraveled is very clever. Um, just talking about uh, the boys watching ET. Um, as I sort of mentioned in the interview, that scene mirrors a really lovely scene of um, the boy um, who's dying and his parents snuggling up to yes. him yeah, yeah. as two. And there's a lot of moments like that where it's nothing is said, it's just mm. shown. And I think that's what's so clever about this because it's in no way overwritten. Yes. And a lot of the connections are just shown through imagery, which I think is one of the hallmarks of really good filmmaking. Mm. Yeah, and I think... And also a limited use of music throughout as well. Well, Alexandre Desplan. I'm probably saying that very wrong. I thought that was a wonderful pronunciation. (laughs) which I was really annoyed I didn't pick this up with her when I spoke to her because I really thought that music um, was so well deployed. Like, the way that it goes in, but not too much. And I think we talked about before that we both quite like it when there's no music in in something. And there are moments where there's nothing, but then occasionally it just comes in Mm. and it's this beautiful score um, that really adds to the emotion, but not in a sensationalised way. Yeah, I think there's also also the way it opens and ends. The Mm. music is fantastic. It opens, it almost sort of... you see the boy sort of scrabbling out of the window and then suddenly the music kicks in you're like, it's on. Here we go. It's on, yeah. we're going, we're going. It's a and, great opening. And the, yeah. the end sort of has that as well, sort of yeah. has that kick. You know, this is the end, that's the finish. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really well done. And in some ways reminded me of um, Aquarius, which is a film that came out not that, came out a few, few months ago. Mm. And that sort of has those similar moments as well. Like, they play Queen in Aquarius. Mm. And there's a, there's a bit in this film where, where Bowie's played, and it has that same sort of... Same sort of, for a moment, you're suddenly taken out of the film, mm. and you're suddenly realising you're watching a film again. Well, most of the time, it feels like a sort of documentary of reality. Yeah. Then suddenly, when, when this big song comes on, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, watch- I'm watching a film. But not in a bad way, in a way, no. that, in a way that helps you understand more what's going on and understand what the characters are doing yeah for sure um there's a scene that's uh quite um i think it's been used quite a lot in the posters and the marketing for this which is like a surgery scene yes which we might should we sort of tag that up as a spoiler yeah yeah yeah. we we do that as a spoiler um because it's very beautiful but i'd if you've seen any of this film you've probably already seen that but in the marketing but i think um I, we want to leave that so should we talk about that uh, so yeah if you don't want to listen turn off now uh, Heal the Living is out in cinemas and on Curzon Home Cinema as of today do check it out I think we both highly recommend it it's, it's I think it's a five star film I without agree. doubt so yeah. do do check it out but then come back and listen to the rest of this uh, we also have some uh, Curzon Home Cinema recommendations right at the end as well so do come back for that excellent so just uh, just a couple of spoilers I guess yeah. really uh, so, firstly, I want to talk about... There's a wonderful scene where the boy... There's a flashback. There's a flashback, which doesn't really happen, which is really interesting. Mm. So, it's also... the This film has a limited use of... It has a couple, a few tricks, but it only uses them a couple of times. Like with the water on the road. Yeah. It uses that very sparingly. Um, there's one bit where the nurse is in a lift and she's imagining this sort of quite sexualized scene... Uh, and then there's this scene where the boy is having a the boy has a flashback where he's he's flirting with this girl and then she suddenly gets on a train you're like oh is that is that it and then you see the look on his eye and he jumps on his he jumps on his bike and starts absolutely hammering it and you're like he's going to try and chase the train he's chasing the train he's going to try and beat the train to her stop and i was i was honestly sat there going go on go on <laughs> Come on, come on, come on, get there, get there. And, she, and you, say, you see her and she's just sat there and, and he's like he's like running. And then he does, he does what I can only describe as the cool guy thing, where he, so he throws the bike down and he just stands there and sort of sorts his hair out and pretends like he hasn't been cycling really quickly, <laughs> even though the only way he could get there is by absolutely hammering it on his bike. Uh, and there's a lo- and then there's a lovely bit where they where they where they kiss and you. That's a moment only 
only she and him would know about. Well, that is what is so special about it. And, you know, it might sound a bit corny, Mm. but you have to remember that this is juxtaposed to his death. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So in that way, it's just this beautiful, transient moment of his life. Yeah, that you're right. Nobody else knows about, yeah. and she can't. Like, can you imagine having? Oh, there was this really good time when I went on yeah. a train, and then I, I don't know. He must have had. Like, she doesn't even properly know. Like, only he knows how how much. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we have these moments in life so often. Yeah. that can't be shared, and I think definitely, you know, living in an age of this like social media and stuff, people people want to share everything and mm. and you don't really value or think about those moments that you actually you can't share and they're just for you yes yeah i do agree with that and the <laughs> did i not sound convincing then? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yes yeah i do agree yeah whatever <laughs> um yes helen i completely agree <laughs> um and so, yeah. and i guess the big i guess the biggest spoiler is towards the end when the operation takes place and he he has his heart taken out and it's given given to her and there's mm. there's there's two really big scenes in that and the the first one as you said has sort of been in the post on the posters or in the marketing and is there's a wonderful bit and I'd be and I assume this is how it's done but with the, the there's there's the sheet is draped uh, he's lying down mm. and just about to get his heart taken out and he's obviously not living and he says wait the 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 doctor says wait who convinced the parents to, to for him to donate his organs and he goes under the sheet and there's just a moment where he's he's lying there and he puts the headphones in his ears and then say, and then says and then say, gives the message from his parents yeah and I think it's the sound yeah. of the sea. Yeah, is it is. It? Yeah, yeah, it's the sound of the sea. And so, and it's, it's the editing is really well mm. done at that point. It suddenly comes up, and you're like, "Well, what's he listening to?" And then suddenly you realise you're listening to what, he, what he's yeah. listening to, and it's and it's that care taken. Yes. Um, and he's dead, you yeah. know. But th- this one doctor is so. Um, in the simplest way, he's he's keeping to his promise. Yeah, and yeah, and you see that again right at the end when he's he's washing the body as well, and the care taken over that, and and the camera isn't afraid to hold on that and yeah. to to give that time because it is a careful, lengthy process. It's not a because it's so, it's all about respect and and, and it's so realistic and um. I watch quite a lot of 24 hours in A&E because I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and there is a, there's a moment in that, in one of the early series, so this is like a, a documentary, it's just cameras in, yeah, yeah. in an A&E, if you haven't seen it. And um, there, there was a moment in that where a nurse is is washing a, a body of someone who's deceased and she's just talking to them yeah. and saying like, okay, like I'm just going to roll you over now. And it's those kind of little bits that somehow Kilavere has put into this. Yeah. Um, and it's probably, you know, I'm sure it's it's her talent as a filmmaker and also the respect she had to the subject by doing all that research that she discussed, mm. um, you know, to make sure that this is as realistic and as tender as the situation is. Yeah, because there's that interesting link between it being clinical and being quite, you know, it's a medical procedure and it's it has everything has to be sort of done correctly for for the the right things to happen and the transplant to work but equally there is this tenderness and it's really interesting that those moments are picked out yeah and i think it makes this film very relevant um especially in the uk thinking about sort of the nhs yep. and and a lot of the negative stories that are coming out at the moment about kind of not having enough time and and um you know mistakes and whatever that there was an, an article that I really think everyone should read that was just stories from nurses on the front line of the NHS at the moment and what makes them do their job. And they were these beautiful, tender moments. Um, and, you know, one of them was talking about how a patient had kind of 
been told that he probably wouldn't make the journey to another hospital so he could stay in that hospital but he wouldn't survive and she made the effort to sort of call up his brother in Australia and put him on the phone so they could say goodbye and that's that's a real story that yeah. happened within the NHS and it's not one that you ever hear on the front pages of the mail or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think this film kind of really shows those tender moments and gives a very good and accurate description of the people that work in the healthcare system and how, you know, they are really good people. Yes. And I think quite often it's shown in quite a negative light. So I'm glad that this film is out at the moment and I would sort of really say that people should watch it and kind of think about that yeah and it's and it's so universal like yeah. this film this film is set in, in france yeah. i think i think it's set in france. uh it's set in france and and is in french yet it does uh, it relates to the nhs i'm sure if you watch this in america it would relate yeah. to the healthcare system in america it is those moments that that are really important um so yeah do do check it out and do and oh well i guess that the last the last thing is right at the end there's a the beautiful lighting right at the end so she has the heart surgery and you seem to think it's a success and then suddenly you're bought it's just her face Mm. and you think oh no and then suddenly the light changes and there's a brightness on her face and then she wakes up and then that's the end of the film and there's this smile yeah just (laughs) such such a beautiful and thought-provoking way to finish what is what is a beautiful film from start to finish yeah definitely yeah do check that out and there's so many things that uh so many moments in this that we haven't been able to discuss but all can't you can't even put into words because it's done in imagery so uh, this is a real gem yeah there there is loads of loads of really great stuff in there so yeah as i said do check it out it's in cinemas and on curzon home cinema as of today so uh do watch that as soon as you can uh, and then we've got a couple of recommendations from Curzon Home Cinema. So, Helen, do you want yeah, to... Yeah, so uh, Chronic is on there, which is a film by Mikel Franco, um, which um, looks at ill health as well um, in a way that uh, focuses on a home care nurse um, and the relationship between him and his patients. But the way that this story um, develops shows... Um, puts both of them where neither are victimised and neither is better than one another, which I think is a really good way to show kind of a patient and a yes. carer. Yeah, fantastic. And I would uh, recommend The Love Witch. Um, I watched this a few weeks ago and it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, really bright colours, really beautifully done, sort of a homage to the late 60s, 1970s. You're watching it and suddenly you're like, yeah, I'm in the 60s, and it's all about this young witch who's who's trying to find a man to love, and is and it and it's what she gets up to. And you're like, oh yeah, this is like 60s, 70s, really enjoying it. And then suddenly someone pulls out a mobile phone, and you're like, what? Oh yeah, right, this is modern day. But it's just the colour's beautiful. It's really well done. Do check it. It's a really different film as well. If you want, if you want something that's really different and you, you want something to sort of reinvigorate your love of cinema, this is this is the film to do it. So do check that out. Uh, coming out new this week as well in cinemas, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is Great out. Great reviews on that. Great reviews, doing really well. I really, I think the first one was such a surprise mm. that I think everyone is now really looking forward to this one. So yeah. do check that out as well. Uh, yeah, and we will be back next week. So that's goodbye from Helen. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, Harry. Goodbye. <laughs>